Welcome back to the Salty Community Podcast. I'm Colleen. We are a community of people dedicated to helping you grow your personal relationship with Jesus. We emphasize the truth and foundation of Scripture and give you tools and opportunities to experience Jesus in a personal and unique way for you. God's kingdom invites us into an interactive relationship with Him, and it's our desire and focus to help this be a reality for each person listening. This group becomes a safe place to grow into what more of the Holy Spirit has for you. Hey, this is Deanna, and today, in today's episode, we are going to talk about the throne room of God. Um, This is foundational to your walk with God, to your relationship with God, because God is on his throne. Like, that is just where he is. Um, So we want to kind of start with talking about um, the importance of relationship with God mm-hmm. and talk about that um, it is in this space that we um, build that relationship. It's in the throne room. Um, and why? Why have a relationship with God? Does he want one? All those things. And um, so he initiated relationship. We did not. It was his idea from the beginning. He created us to be in relationship with him. Um, he put, um, Ecclesiastes actually tells us he put eternity in the heart of everyone. And it's Mm. this thing, this void in us, this, this hole in us that draws us to the heart of God. Um, and so he walked with Adam and Eve in the garden, like relationship was always his intention. And then sin happens, of course. Um, but our relationship with God is really unique. It's very different yeah. from our relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on who you are and how your life has gone down, um, one may be so much easier than the other. Um, it was so much easier for me to have a relationship with Jesus. That's where my walk started. It started just really seeing myself with Jesus in the spirit realm. And mm-hmm. when it came time to have a relationship with God, I was like, why? I've got Jesus. I have this great relationship that was like eight or nine years old. Like, Mm -hmm. why do I need a relationship with God? I have a relationship with Jesus. Like, why both? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so I personally, so this is going to, I'm just going to totally tell myself. I, um, when I initially first had the concept of God and Jesus, in my brain, because of how I was taught, they were one and the same. I do remember that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that that there were not they were not separate. And she was like, Deanna thought I was absolutely crazy. <laughs> but I'm like, you don't understand. This is like how I was taught. And you made me go read when Jesus prayed John 17. to the Father yes. for his people. And I'm like, well, he can't pray to himself. He was and then I had to totally hash out in my head. Um that they were two separate entities, but one in the same. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so when I very first started um, interacting with the spiritual realm, I didn't even, there was never even the thought in my mind that there would be a throne room, that God would be there, and Jesus would be something that I could have both. Right. That I could actually have both. So... It, I had to develop this relationship for sure. I had to, this one I fought because, mm-hmm. like I said, why do something that was uncomfortable mm-hmm. yeah. when I was so comfortable in my walk with, with mm-hmm. um, Jesus? But I will tell you, 
that um, for a very long season, once I did start developing my relationship with God, um, it became my favorite place. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took a while. You know, now I enjoy relationship with both, and mm-hmm. and both are, are very well developed. But um, mm-hmm. when I ask God, hey, why do I need this? Like, why do I need both? Like, can't I just mm-hmm. have a relationship with Jesus? Why go to... Have you ever had a new friend and you're like, oh my goodness, like starting a new friendship is work. You have to get to know them. You have to kind of get to know how you get along together, how this Mm -hmm. works. Well, it's the same thing with getting to know God. Like it was going to be completely different. We're sitting Mm -hmm. in a throne room, Mm -hmm. which is very formal, maybe. Majestic. Yes. Kind of awe-inspiring, but at the same time, a little overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, not a little, a lot overwhelming. You're like, oh my goodness. I'm in the throne room of God mm-hmm. and how, what an awkward place to start a friendship or start a relationship. And mm-hmm. so, but I think, okay, so I had a thought. Okay. God just dropped something in my head. Okay. I'll take it. Okay. So when I am in the spiritual realm and I'm with Jesus, Jesus almost like comes into my space. Yes. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. So, like, it will be in a familiar place, something that looks familiar. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, very much now, so. Now, when I visit the throne room, I am entering into something. I'm going to him. You're going to his space. And Jesus is, does that make yes, sense? Yes, for sure. Okay, so that feels like I'm going into something where I have to, I have to, um, Go to something I'm not familiar with where Jesus meets me in a familiar place. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And that's very much the difference in the two because most people find having a relationship with Jesus very comfortable because Mm -hmm. he meets us right where we're at. Yes. Whereas with God, we go to where he is at. Mm -hmm. And um, throughout scripture, um, and we're going to talk about that a little later, when you're in that kind of majesty and that kind of holiness, Mm Um, it is only natural to feel a little bit awkward in the beginning because one of the first things that tends to happen is we recognize that we are so not holy. Exactly. Um, we are so far from this space. Yeah. But um, it is such an important relationship, despite its very different feel from our relationship with Jesus, because it's in this space that we can receive things and learn things and recognize things that are different than our walk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. When we're with God, um, and a lot of times you're just sitting with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you're laying in his arms. Maybe you're sitting in his lap. For the longest time I was sitting on the arm of the throne room mm-hmm. chair and talking to him. And, of course, I'm much smaller than he is. Uh, sometimes you see yourself as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you see yourself at his feet. Um, that is super common when you're first mm-hmm. starting to be in the throne room is to just see yourself seated at his feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's different, but in, in that place, you you really start to incorporate into your identity just from time in, mm-hmm. just from time spent there, you really start to connect to the fact that you're a child of God, mm-hmm. that yes. you are his um and that's a big deal. It is. You know, so when I spend time in the throne room, and it's usually um, like in my waking moment, I usually go there. And then in the moment that I'm going to sleep, 
Um, and that was actually challenged in a class that one of our other teachers taught. She said, hey, why don't you try this? And I did, and it's just kind of become a habitual thing. And there's so much. This is the feeling that I get. I get a feeling of safety mm-hmm. and a feeling of comfort. Yes. Um, and I don't do a lot of talking, which I probably should, which once we get into more of this podcast and I read all these stories in here and I'm thinking, why am I not talking to him? Um, but I just feel so comfortable and so safe. Mm-hmm. It's like a, if I can start my day with comfort and safety and end mm-hmm. my day there, my days tend to go better. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And the psalmist talks about um, this, these feelings that come from being in the presence of God and these, mm. these things that we um, experience and actually become reality. So you're not just feeling comfort and safety. You are experiencing that. Oh, very good. So um, the different authors of Psalms tell us that in the presence of God, we do find comfort, but we also mm-hmm. find strength. We find power. We find grace. He often calls God his strong tower or his place of refuge or his rock. Mm. These are all ways to describe that time in his presence. There is just a anchoring feeling mm-hmm. of being in the presence of God. And it cracks me up that you said that, you know, you, when you're with him, you don't do much talking. <laughs> Um, for the, I mean, that's what I did. I would sit on the, and just chatter at God to death and ask him about all the things and tell him all the things. Mm -hmm. And, um, he was my, uh, place of wisdom and comfort Mm -hmm. and, um, but also just really a place of recognizing his absolute sovereignty Mm -hmm. and that nothing was going on that he was unaware of. Um, and he wasn't rattled. He was not, there's never been a time I've been in the throne room that God was a little bit rattled about what was happening in the world. He's very, very, um, sovereign and Mm -hmm. majesty and, and being in his presence kind of, you just learn from so much time there. You Mm -hmm. just draw from his confidence. Yes. Your confidence of of who's in charge, Mm -hmm. your confidence that you're his child and that you are loved and received and yes. welcome and yes so I want to come back because I just kind of in the middle of this podcast had an aha moment okay um that and maybe people can relate have you ever worked to get in God's presence like have you ever like I'm gonna do my like and not that it's a bad thing but I, and and we do do this like I want to have my quiet time and these are my five steps and I'm going to do this and I'm going to get in his presence and I'm going to read my Bible and then he's going to speak to me and all these things. And I'm like, okay. And then I have an aha moment that in the morning when I just choose to go into his throne room that I'm in his presence. And it didn't feel like work at all. No. no. It didn't feel like work at all and it just happens. Mm -hmm. And then when you said, no, Colleen, you weren't just... Um, it wasn't just comfort or... It weren't feelings. They weren't it just were, they feelings. They weren't just feelings. It, you were actually experiencing experiencing him. So that's really, really, really cool. So we have places all through Scripture um, that God's throne room is brought into mm-hmm. um, 
into discussion or into view, Mm -hmm. even more specifically. And um, my favorite place to send people when they are wanting to um, spend time in the throne room and they're not really sure how to go about it is I often send them to Isaiah chapter 6. And this is Isaiah's Mm -hmm. experience in the throne room. Mm -hmm. And um, he didn't see it coming. He didn't prepare for it. He didn't do all the things to get there. God just (laughs) put him there. And it was very overwhelming for him. And once he realized where he was, he he spent some time describing it. And Colleen and I talked about this. Mm -hmm. Um, I have been spending time in the throne room for well over five years. And pretty much it's me, God, and a very simple throne, like a very large chair. It's not crazy busy. It's not, it's a lot of light. It's very bright, but I don't see all the extra things. Now I do now when I'm in the throne room, see Jesus standing at his right side. Mm -hmm. Um, But all the extra things that Isaiah saw and that, you know, we're going to see as we look at some of the other stories, I don't see all of those, but maybe someday. Right. Uh, maybe, but I'm not, I don't know that I want to be distracted from mm-hmm. my time just with him. Mm-hmm. But Isaiah sees him in the throne room, and his first response is, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, mm-hmm. and, I, and I come from a people of unclean lips. Like, it's not just, oh my goodness, I have a sin problem, but oh my word, I'm part of a group of people that have a sin problem. And so... An angel takes a piece of coal and touches it to Isaiah's lips. Mm. And that makes it okay for him to be there. And so I think right here is an important time to say the reason that we get to be in the throne room is because of the blood of Jesus. Because we are sinful, but Mm -hmm. we are covered by the blood of Jesus. And so we are able to be in the throne room because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have to, the second where, I mean, and, and you may have an experience where you're in the throne room and God does point out a sin condition or he does point out something that he wants to work in. Mm-hmm. Um, that is also part of my experiences. <laughs> but when he sees us, he sees Jesus. I know. That's so, and mm-hmm. so that's so powerful. So, so powerful. So can I go on record to say that when I read these, I reread these stories, there's, okay, they're so sci-fi. They're very sci-fi. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they seem so unattainable, Deanna. Mm-hmm. And I always say this when we talk about the throne room, because I have a mind that is so concrete, and I have a hard time with fantasy and sci-fi, and when things don't look like they could actually happen on earth in my physical space, I have a hard time believing that they're attainable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So we talked about this right before we started, that we sometimes want to take our physical eyes and impose them on what's happening in the spiritual space, when really and truly we can't do that. And you said it's so great. How did you say it? We cannot interpret things that Mm -hmm. we see in the spirit realm with our physical Physical. understanding. Right. They are very different realms. And what may look in the spirit realm as scary or unattainable or confusing, it's going to seem that way if we're using 
physical understanding. We're going to have to ask God to give us spiritual understanding to understand spiritual things. Got you. Okay, so Ezekiel has an experience in the throne room, and he spends a lot of time and gives a lot of detail about what he sees. Some very, some living creatures, the way they look. He gives lots of detail about what they look like, how many there are. And then he talks about these wheels that are there, that they have eyes and all of these things. And then when you get about halfway through chapter one, well, maybe maybe not even halfway, maybe three-fourths the way through, he says, and above all of this that's happening that he sees, and above that, there's a throne. And then he talks, and then he starts to describe, and he starts using pronouns like his and he, so you know that he's seeing God on his throne. And then he says, this was the appearance and the likeness of the glory of the Lord. So when I saw it, I fell on my face, and I heard the voice of the one speaking. So it put him in a posture of humility. Mm -hmm. He knew that he was in the glory of the Lord, and then the Lord started to speak to him. And I was like, Colleen, why are you in the throne room in the presence of the Lord? You do, you are humil you are in a posture of humility. You're sitting there wanting to be in relationship, but I'm not giving a, an ear to what he wants to say. So I just think it's interesting that if we are in a spiritual space and we're just wandering around and not talking, that it would almost be like, if I was with you, but I never talked to you. Yeah. That just doesn't make any sense. That's not how relationship goes. Conversation is absolutely foundational. A piece of it. Like you in relationship. Yes. You, but I think as you grow and develop, mm -hmm. you it know, happens. It, it happens. And so. the funny thing is, is I spent so much time having conversation with God over the last five years that now when I'm in the throne room, there's not a lot of talking other than him talking to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then him letting me just recognize mm -hmm. what I'm experiencing, and there's not a lot of words involved. It's mm -hmm. like the it's like the relationship has developed um, to a place where words aren't always necessary. Yeah. Sometimes he'll ask me to just tell him, "Hey, Dina, tell me what you're experiencing." It's it's because I am laying in his arms like a baby, mm -hmm. and he's asking me to explain what I'm experiencing in that space. Like, what am I feeling? What is he pouring into me just as I sit there? Mm -hmm. No words necessary. I'm just sitting in his space. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And then when I read this and I saw all of the detail, I'm the person, I'm like, well, I want to see some detail too. Like, I want to see a little bit more of what's happening. Mm -hmm. So I think that is a prayer that I will start praying. <laughs> Let me know how that goes. Yes. So um, so those are two examples of Isaiah and Ezekiel from the Old Testament, mm -hmm. prophets who got to spend time in the throne room. Um, so I want to move us to the New Testament. Um, and in Acts chapter 7, um, we see Stephen. And we've talked about Stephen in several podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, he was actually the first Christian martyr. He died for his faith. But in that process, like he's had this long conversation with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and things of the Jewish nation. And they're mad. And they are dragging him off to stone him. And what really sets him over the edge and sends the rocks flying because he is stoned to death was him saying, 
look, I see the throne room. Like he mm. saw God on his throne with Jesus standing at his right hand side. And they saw that as straight up blasphemy and stoned him to death. Mm. But it shows us that in that super hard moment, Stephen hadn't got himself all in the right posture. He was being dragged. He was, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he was completely at peace with being drugged out of the city and having rocks thrown at him. I wouldn't have been. I doubt that. I do too. But he's given this long (laughs) sermon. um, They're furious. And as they're dragging him out, he chooses in that space to look into the spirit realm and see what is happening. Like, where is God in all of this? Where is Jesus in all of this? And that God was still absolutely on his throne. And Jesus was right there watching and we know giving grace in that moment to him Mm -hmm. because later he says like as those rocks come flying forgive them Mm -hmm. that reminds me of and i think it was paul when he said oh death where is your sting right is that paul Mm -hmm. yeah it's almost like he's quoting from the old testament but yes was he um that the more time you spend in eternal perspective or or heaven on earth, the more time you spend there, oh, death, where is your sting? Right. You're like, I know this place. This is a familiar place for me. You know where you're going. I have friends there. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. Yeah, like I have friends there, and it's like, okay, this is a place that I would, I really want to go. Right, which is what allowed Paul to be able to say, yeah, um, to live as Christ, but to die as gain. Gain, yeah. Because he knew that, all this fleshly mm-hmm. stuff would be out of the way and his relationship with mm-hmm. with God and with Jesus could continue without all the fleshly distractions. Yeah. So John also had an experience in the throne room as well. Now, this is John that um, was the disciple, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. And in Revelation, he right before he gets the whole vision of Revelation... Um, He sees God on his throne, and I really love what he says right here. It's right at the very beginning of chapter 4. It says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. Mm. A lot of the time when we go to the throne room or in a spiritual space, the scriptures will describe it as something opened. Heavens Mm -hmm. opened. Mm -hmm. Like when Jesus was baptized, heavens were opened. Um, And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, he got an invitation. Mm -hmm. I think that's so cool. Mm -hmm. It says, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. So, and then he gets the whole vision of Revelation um, and he sees God on his throne there. Um, Yeah, so that was John's experience. Uh, I don't, John had some details as well and conversation, just like Isaiah, just like Ezekiel, Mm -hmm. they all got some detail. And even when you like read them side by side, they're kind of similar. There's some things that very much match. There's some things that match and there's some things that don't. Um, But yeah. It'll be very interesting when we are able, whether it's here and he gives us eyes to see or whether we're there full time, Mm -hmm. no longer in the flesh, to see all these Mm -hmm. creatures that they saw. Yeah. Um, I know in my time in the spirit realm, I have only seen one 
creature that I did not recognize. I'm like, you don't live on earth. Like yeah. it was a different shape. Mm-hmm. It was a different um, kind of thing. But um, yeah. spiritual things mm-hmm. um, aren't always going to look like physical things. And that's yeah. okay. And John saw the 24 saints that were mm-hmm. sitting there and the prayers and the incense. and He saw a lot of really neat things, mm-hmm. um, which give us a lot of faith and a lot of hope now. Because they're they're spiritually, he was able to put spiritual significance on things that were actually happening in the physical. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. So one of the things that's super important that, so we've shown through scripture these other people that have entered the throne room. It is so important for us to know that you don't have to be this great prophet that wrote you know a book in the Old Testament and you don't have to be um, an apostle of Jesus that was with him full time, mm-hmm. um, that that's open for us. So Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter two, and he could not be more specific. He could not be more absolute. It says for through him, and he's been talking about Jesus this whole time. So from, for through Jesus, we both, meaning Jews and Gentiles, we both have access through one spirit, through the Holy Spirit, to the Father. Mm. I mean, you can't be more specific. You, you have access to the Father mm-hmm. through the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Mm-hmm. You have access to that throne room because that's where the Father is at. Mm-hmm. We have access. We are not only welcome there, we have access there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's good. That's good. Something that I'm learning, and y'all are probably going to get tired with me saying this, but... Um, it's just something that I'm learning that I have full access through Jesus, Mm -hmm. that I have full access and I'm learning that Jesus is my example and my friend and, um, and that the difference between him and I is he never sinned. He was the perfect sacrifice and because he was perfect sacrifice, now I can like him have Mm -hmm. access to the father. So, um, such an elementary principle in our Christianity, but mm-hmm. something that I don't think we take full advantage of. For sure not. We don't take full advantage of our access um, that, that Jesus actually gave us. Um, in Hebrews, this writer actually tells us that we can come boldly to the throne, <laughs> which just seems odd. I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't feel right. But... Um, it says that because we ha- we have a high priest that, or because Jesus, um, because he understands, and because he can sympathize with us, and yet he was without sin, that we can come boldly to this throne and may obtain the mercy and the grace that we need. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if that makes, that's still, that's just in my brain, just not, I don't know if I can, I'm not there yet. No, but I'm just you, not. you will get to a place in your relationship. I'm just I, not there yet. I don't, when I'm in the throne room, um, yes, in the, in the, in the beginning, you know, five years ago or so, it was very, you know, intimidating. Yeah. So I don't know that boldness would have been mm-hmm. the definition of how I went in, but I mean, mm-hmm. I'll be honest. In the time since, 
There have been times that I'm sitting on the, the arm of his throne and he tells me something I do not want to hear. And I am quick to jump down and stomp my little feet and, mm-hmm. and be just as comfortable with him as a child is with a father that adores her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is some boldness. Mm-hmm. There's some, I want, you know, yeah. this is what I want or... Yeah. Um, this is how I'm feeling, mm-hmm. or I don't understand this. Yeah. Um, there's some boldness there. There's not, and we see all through Psalms how bold oh, yes, the we writers were mm-hmm. that they were like, okay, God, take care of my enemies, or okay, mm-hmm. I'm dying. How long are you going to leave me yeah. like this? Or we have his permission mm-hmm. to be so vulnerable and so real, even in our imperfection. Mm-hmm. And he meets us right there. And it's silly to try to hide those things from him because mm-hmm. he's all-knowing. And he already knows we're mad or he already knows mm-hmm. we're overwhelmed or whatever it is. So to be able to boldly just let it all go, it's in that space when we're honest with him that he can begin his work in us. Mm-hmm. When we're not trying to yeah. show up in the throne room all holy. and. Mm-hmm. So there's something that I, I have a question about. Like if you go... Like, if you take the opposite approach and you, because Scripture says that um, we can come to God with His Word and remind Him of His Word. Mm-hmm. And so, how can I expect the Word to translate into my reality or in my physical world um, without feeling like I'm giving God, like, I have to expect something from you. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, maybe, and maybe I'm not making sense, but it's like you have an expectation for him because his word says something. Well, and you can have an expectation. Like, because that's a, what faith is. Faith there's a is promise. Yes, and but that's part of faith. Faith is expect. Hopefully, so I can come to God and say, hopefully, do you expecting. remember what your word says. And it and it was it often happened. Daniel in his prayer, Jeremiah in his prayer would remind yeah. God. Ezra and Nehemiah mm-hmm. reminded God, "Hey, mm-hmm. you promised." Yeah. Um, and so, part of faith is an expected hope in believing the promises that God has made to mm-hmm. us. Um, that is part of our relationship. Mm-hmm. But having our hope in Him, and not necessarily the outcome, gotcha. trusting Him with what that outcome is going to look like and what it's going to translate mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Um, but our hope has some expectation in it because that's what hope mm-hmm. is. It's it's hoping and yeah. expecting for something that yeah. we can't presently see. Mm-hmm. So one of the things um, as we wrap this up that I want to talk about is it has been my experience um, as I have led so many people into spending time in the throne room that every once in a while, it's just not easy. So getting into the spirit realm um, in and of itself is sometimes uncomfortable. Like the idea that there's a realm all around me and that asking God to open our spiritual eyes to see it is already a little uncomfortable. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> for the average person, it's yes. like, what? You want me yes. to do what? Um, so one of the things I want to start with is just that piece, like getting ourselves into the spirit realm. And while that seems so um, out of reach, or out of touch, mm-hmm. I kind of want to show you that you already do it. Okay, great. So <laughs> if you have ever said to yourself, mm-hmm. I wonder what would happen if, if you've ever played the what if game, 
if you've ever worried something, if you've ever imagined worst case scenario, um, some examples, sending your 16-year-old son off for the first time to drive, and you're like, oh my goodness, all the things that could go wrong, or sending your child to school for the first time, and especially in the middle of a pandemic. And Mm -hmm. anytime you've ever worried, anytime you've ever played what if, anytime you've ever assumed the worst, Mm -hmm. that is allowing the enemy to use your spiritual eyes Mm -hmm. to see his ideas. Wow, that's, yeah. His thoughts, Mm -hmm. his direction. You are actually giving the enemy access to your spiritual eyes Mm -hmm. to see worry and anxiety and all of those things that God tells us not to do. Yeah, I think when I was nursing full time and... And I didn't know that God was, like, showing me things um, in the, or, or giving me a plan of action, I guess you could say. Like, if I had a patient that was, um, their condition was changing for the worst. And so this is what I would do in my head. I would say, okay, if, I, if this happens, then this can happen, and there would be a cascade. So I would know my worst-case scenario, and then, so I would imagine what was happening, what could take place, a fore, a, like a foreknowledge of where I mm-hmm. could be going with this patient. And then God would work me backwards and say, and then I would take what I knew in my knowledge and, um, and know what to put in place, know what interventions to do, know so that this person didn't end up on the other side of a bad situation. That makes sense. Yeah. So there are times that you use your imagination mm-hmm. um, in a non-harmful way right? as well. Mm-hmm. And maybe in a, any single thing that's ever been created, anything that's ever been built, anything mm-hmm. that's been designed, has first happened in your head. It, yes. It happens there first. So what we're doing is we're giving God control of our imagination, of our spiritual eyes, um, however you want it, the eyes of our heart. It's referred to so many different ways. Um Actually, it is also even referred to from a very um, secular standpoint as what's called a third eye Mm -hmm. or your imagination and it's seen on your forehead. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's not something that's never happened before. There's even secular terms for it. But we are asking God, we are giving God that space and saying we want to see what you want us to see. So we are giving him access to our spiritual eyes and to our imaginations to show us what only he can show us mm-hmm. and so many times I've, I've asked myself I've had other people ask me well how do I know it's not just my imagination and what I can tell you now is that I'm not smart enough <laughs> I am just not smart enough to be able to see the things that he has shown me I'm also not smart enough and I cannot manufacture the experiences and the feelings and the um, just the reality of his presence. So if you've ever worried, you can do this. Mm-hmm. This is just instead of giving the enemy access to your imagination, this is giving God access. So um, then comes maybe finding the right posture, maybe finding the way that makes it easiest. Mm-hmm. So when... Um, The very first time I ever spent time in the throne room, um, I was at a huge youth conference. I was there um, as an adult sponsor, or um, I was teaching a small group, things like that. 
And we had just had this really powerful time of worship. And the, the praise leader invited us all to, to see ourselves in the throne room and then to get in the physical posture that we would take if we were in the throne room. Well, I had already had a relationship with Jesus that was a good 10 years old by this point. And so seeing myself in the spirit realm was no big deal. So I just saw myself in the throne room with God. And I was every one of those kids just about were on their face, on their knees and on their face. And when I was in the throne room, I was just sitting in his lap. So I was like, well, I don't have to get out of my chair. So I sat there and all these kids are on their face. But what posture would you find yourself in if you were in the throne room? And so sometimes that's a great place to start mm-hmm. is to physically be in a posture um, that matches how you think you would enter. Also, Psalms 100, David, who we know spent time in the Spirit, um, thanks to Jesus' teaching and what he said in Matthew, we know that David spent time in the Spirit, and he tells us in Psalms 100 that we can come into his presence um, with praise and thanksgiving. He gets it. He makes it really specific. We come into his courts with thanksgiving, or we come into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So... Um, maybe being on your face and and experiencing some worship, like just worshiping him, um, praising him, saying the things that you're thankful for, all of those things put us in a posture of humility. Mm -hmm. And God gives so much grace to the humble. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then being willing to be consistent. If it was hard the first day, then do it the second day and the third until you have victory. Um, Colleen and I have sat with many people, mm-hmm. not tons, but at least a handful, who ha- this has just been hard for. Mm-hmm. They may can see themselves with Jesus easily. They may can hear God's voice easily. But when it comes time to see them themselves, that's just hard. And if that's you, I just, all I can do is encourage you to, to be persistent um, to be determined, mm-hmm. um, to know what you want, to ask God to, to continually ask him to show himself to you, um, but not quit. It's worth the fight. Um, each of the people that I have worked with have eventually gotten there. So don't give up before you get to the prize. Like for sure, don't give up um, be willing to put the time in. And then once you get there, be willing to be uncomfortable for as long as it takes mm-hmm. until that just feels like home like it feels like the best place in the world to sit and stay um because that is exactly what it turns into so you got anything to add so um i think i want to share Mm -hmm. what my throne room experience looks like i think people um yeah for sure you know they read the stories in the bible and they're like am what am i Am I going to experience exactly this? Is it going to be different? What's it going to look like? Um, so when I see myself in the throne room, I see I see a little more than just the throne. I see a throne, but my throne is not like majestic or um, like it, it's very large, but it's like a big, huge wooden chair, almost like a rocking chair, but it doesn't rock. Um, so, and then when I look out, I see a long, like, corridor that is very lit up, um, and, uh, and the, and the bottom of it is, sometimes it's windows, 
Mm. You know, like, because, and I think that comes from scripture. So sometimes when I see it, it's just windows. And then sometimes when I see it, it's like just maybe a wooden floor. And it Mm -hmm. just, it goes into a space of light. And when I am with um, God, he is also, I am a grown adult and he is holding me like a baby, Mm -hmm. like as a grown adult. Um, And I'm thinking, this is just, it it was very awkward Mm -hmm. um, at first. And I haven't always been there. No. I've been with my face on the floor. I mean, You've been hanging off the side of the chair before, if I recall correctly. I have been, which is really (laughs) odd. And I'm thinking, why am I not on task? You see what I'm saying? And I think every spiritual experience that we have has some spiritual meaning in our life. Mm -hmm. So I think we have to get to a place where we can sit with God and he can show us something and then he can give us some insight. Mm-hmm. Why are we here? Why do we have this posture? Why Why do I need to be held like a baby in this moment? Mm-hmm. Um, because we all know that the supernatural imposes onto the natural. It should right. always affect our natural world. For sure. Um, and I think sometimes we enter into his presence and we don't know that we've come out different but we always do. For sure. Um, so, anyway, I wanted to share my experience so oh, I think that's awesome. people can have an idea, you know, that mine doesn't look anything like Ezekiel's or Isaiah's, or mm-hmm. but it's mine. Right. But it's mine, and I can go there and have relationship in that space. And I love what you said. We may not realize it, but we never leave God's presence quite the same. Mm-mm. He does a work, whether we recognize it or not, mm-hmm. he is always at work in our heart. And when we give him time and space in his presence, it will never be without purpose mm-hmm. and it will never be without fruit. Mm-hmm. He is doing something eternally and that's significant and that will eventually show itself even in the physical realm. Mm-hmm. So, because he is just that good. Yes. All right, I'm going to pray us out. And thank you for joining us for today's podcast. And I, we just want to encourage you. And this is a place that you want to be. You want time in the room. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you for Jesus. And I thank you that his sacrifice allows us to know you and see you and spend time with you. And Lord, I pray that you will give us an increased hunger for time with you. Lord, I pray that you will just spark within us a a growing desire to know you, to interact with you, and to learn from you, and just spend time in your presence. We love you so much. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.